0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Thursday. It's Thursday, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We're talking about old buildings today. Uh, one being the firehouse that the city council is going to take up in about an hour. Number Number four, firehouse, fire station number four. Which uh, this is always fun because Brad Williams sitting in the newsroom, and I uh, some of these old buildings that I want to talk about with the heritage, Presur- heritage preservation commission. If you say it slow, it's it's, it's easier. Uh, Laura Gooden, uh, an archivist at UWL, is with the preservation commission. She's going to join us here, but uh, I run it and Brad. I'm like, because I just want to I just want to pick her brain at some of these older buildings that aren't. Like, if we look at them, we're like, eh. And one is the lacrosse center. And I'm like, Brad, what year was that built? And he's like, well, it opened in 1980. And I'm like, okay, so it's, and he's like, well, but they started building it in October of 1978. (laughs) So it's one of of Brad's unique features is he can pick these dates. And I, I think he could probably pick, like, the date if he wanted to. Um, and then City Hall was another one that we were talking about is a is an old building that we don't care about, right? It's just City Hall, whatever. Um, but Laura might say <laughs> Laura with the preservation commission, uh, she said it might be a historic building now, but I'm like, Brad, what how about City Hall? And he's like, July fourth, nineteen seventy, it opened. And uh, obviously station number four, old oldest of those buildings, uh nineteen forty it was it was built or opened, I don't know. Brad didn't give me the exact data on that one. But uh, it's it's 81 years old. So, And the uh, city council is going to take up whether to, you know, essentially, hey, we're going to tear down this building that's got some historic value and build a new fire station. And, or are we going to flip the script? Are we going to, you know, build the next fire station on the list and push back fire station number four so that we can kind of – talk about it a little bit more. And the longer you talk about the old fire station, the older it gets. So, uh, a couple others on the list. If anyone, you know, if anyone has, like, some old building they want to just quiz Laura on, give me a text, 608-785-7914. And we can kind of talk about some of the old buildings in Lacrosse that are... I, she has this top 10 most endangered list. It's on the city's website. And, um... You know, I can, I'll just name, they're not in order. I told her she needs to rank these in order. Like what's the number one team, you know, the number one team, the number one building on the, on the, uh, on the list. But the, the Rubley Washburn house on Ferry street, city granite marble works is on third, uh, McMillan apartments on Cass Jalen building on third. Uh, this WC will house on Caledonia, CH Heggie house on Caledonia A.L. Maltman House on Vine, E.J. Weimer House on Vine, H.J. Putman House on 13th Street, and the LaCrosse Fire Station on Gillette Street. Uh, so that's the top 10. I'm like, you know, if you're going to do a top 10 most endangered list, you also need should do the top 10 best buildings in LaCrosse list. We need to have that, so... And and then maybe, and then on top of that, maybe a top 10 buildings we've already lost list or recently lost, or I don't know, you could do a list. Everybody loves lists. So I feel like we could have 10 different lists going on. Um, so that's, that's going to be uh, the conversation we're going to have. We'll see how long that conversation goes. And uh, I think, I think we can, <laughs> I think there's enough there that we could talk about it for the, the entire hour, but some other things did happen today. And, and I'll just, I'll just touch on them real quick as, if you want to go to wisdomnews.com, uh, Derek Van Orden launched his run against Ron Kind. We don't know if Ron Kind is going to launch his run for himself uh, for the 3rd District in Congress. It'll be I, be, I believe, his 14th consecutive term if you were to win again. Uh, so there's there's that. There's uh, the, the Ken Hammer murder appeal. If you remember, Todd Kendhammer uh, was convicted of, of killing his wife, Barb. But the story leading up to that was that they were driving, and a, a what was it? A pipe f- came off a trailer and went through the windshield and and killed his wife while they were driving. If you remember that story, so that's that's on the website too. And and a couple of these stories about uh, spending stimulus money and and overturning the mass mandate are pretty interesting. If you want to go on WisdomNews.com. Uh, the idea that we overturned this was a story a few weeks ago too, when we had that fight where we overturned the mask mandate the the legislature did, and then like two hours later, Governor Evers reimposed the mask, a new mask mandate, and therefore preserved uh, the state's ability to get like fifty million dollars a month in food food share money, federal money, and now that the Supreme Court is overturned mass mandate, and now we don't have any safety measures in place for COVID-19 because it's over, right? Uh, we lose $50 million a month in federal food share money. So <laughs> I don't, it's one of those things like, hey, were you, were you, y'all thinking about this? Well, you, you saw what happened a couple months, a couple weeks ago, at least, at least it had to be at least a month ago, if not more. You saw what happened. Is this was a big story? Hey, we're going to lose, and then Evers reimposed the mass mandate, therefore preserving the idea that we can keep this fifty million a, a month. And then uh, you know when when the and you knew that this was going through the Supreme Court, hence legislature. Your whole idea here is the governor can impose these powers. We need as a legislature to have these powers. Well, when the powers get overturned, then the legislature needs to step in and reestablish some COVID nineteen rules so that the, the state can retain 50, and it's $57 million a month. I don't know why the headline says 50. Like, we're, we're rounding down. <laughs> why not round up to 60 if we're going to do that? But it's like $57 million a month. Hey, uh, while you're doing that, maybe, maybe have that all ready to go where, okay, can the, the Supreme Court overruled, and then boom, right away. Uh, we've got, we've got our own legislation and we don't have to worry about moving, uh, missing out on this money. Uh, so there's that. So that's kind of interesting. There's a couple other stories one about federal stimulus money. Uh, the way the, the Republican led legislature wants to distribute it means that it's not allowed. (laughs) Like actually you can't do it that way. It's not going to work. And, um, and then they the two different ways one way is just not going to work, it's not allowed. the other way was, oh yeah, well, if you do it that way if you if you distribute that money for that, then you're gonna have to pay it back so always interesting how we just don't do our due diligence with with some of this stuff. They called a meeting on a day's notice to, to decide this stuff, and then later all these uh overseers of the government are like actually that's none of that's gonna work <laughs> it's just very interesting. I'm not going to dive into the details because I don't have enough time to do so. But if you want to read about all that stuff, it's on wisdomnews.com. All right. I'm going to get to Brad doing the news, and then we'll come back. We'll talk with Laura Gooden with the Historic Preservation Commission. Uh, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk, PM 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Before I get to Laura here, I just, I got one text that I don't, I just don't have the details, for, and Laura isn't going to tell me, but just hold tight, Laura. Uh, somebody texted me, Tom texted me and said, who was driving the truck that reported pipe fell out of in that Ken Hammer case? I don't even remember, and Brad might be listening, I don't even remember if we ever if there ever was the truck, I don't know if the guy—if we ever found out ab- about the truck, which, in turn, I believe was an imaginary truck anyway, because it, the pipe didn't actually kill the wife. I think that was, anyway. So a weird transition. But let's go to let's go to Laura Gooden, and uh, she's an archivist at UW-La Crosse. She's part of the Her- Her- uh, Heritage Preservation Commission. Are you part of it? Are you the the historic czar? Where where do you rank on the totem pole there, Laura?
1: Uh, the little name tag they gave me said Commissioner, which I really enjoyed because uh, I was able to Photoshop my last name and make myself Commissioner Gordon.
0: So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Uh, so you're the Heritage Preservation Commission Commissioner.
1: That is correct, yes. <laughs> as redundant rolls. as that is.
0: Yeah, and I was uh, I was making, I don't know if I was making fun of you, but I was saying, because you have an, a top 10 most endangered list, uh, and I read the list, I don't know if that rung any bells for anyone uh, that was listening. But I said that we need more lists. And you could, I think it's never ending that you could come up and while you're just in the library at UWL or the archives, I don't know, is there archives? Are you like in the basement where there's your cobwebs everywhere and stone tablets and stuff?
1: Uh, so that is a stereotype. Now, um, <laughs> And actually, a lot of archives are in the basement or in dark and dreary areas, but we're very lucky at UWL. Um, they put a new addition on our library in 1994, and the archivist at the time was allowed to design a special facility here. And so we're on the first floor of the library, and we actually have a really beautiful north facing window. Um, for people that do know about historic preservation, they might think, oh, aren't windows bad for historic documents? Yes, they are, because <laughs> the light that comes in can cause them to fade and do all sorts of other bad things. But the north-facing light um, is actually the, the least harsh light, and it's only in our reading room. And so when the materials are put away, and no one's using them. They're in darkness and safe and protected and secure. Uh, but uh, when people are using them, they can enjoy some natural sunlight and don't have to be vampires uh, sitting in our ar- archive.
0: <laughs> so the the person that, that, that was working there, man, they, they were really thinking like, to do yes.
1: Yes, his name was Ed Hill, um, and he learned that trick from uh, old-timey photographers because they used to use north-facing windows um, before there was reliable flash, flash photography. Um, and Ed, Ed is my favorite person ever. He basically built this place. Um, he worked here for 40 years, so I bet you a lot of community members uh, will recognize and know that name.
0: Yeah, and so th- so the idea there, we have a ten- top 10 most endangered list, and uh, we need a top 10 um Coolest historic buildings list. I think we need one of those. We need a top ten buildings that have already been destroyed list that we we should still have. And I, I that 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 probably could be a top one thousand, right? Like the buildings that La Crosse is lost. I'm I, I'm guessing that it's it's pr- pretty vast that number.
1: I could make a very long list. Yeah, it's kind of, but I don't like to think about it for too long because I get depressed.
0: You get depressed. <laughs> and the the most recent one, maybe right? The most recent one would be. The, uh, the building that that minivan ran into right off Cass Street when you're coming from Minnesota uh, into Lacrosse on, uh, on the Blue Bridges there, that, that's the most recent building that Lacrosse lost. That was a historic building, right?
1: Right, yeah, and that's yeah, that's where we had the, held the press conference uh for this project when we lo- first launched our top ten list, and we had put that building on the list way back in like November, December, so before this even happened, uh but unfortunately, yeah, it just seemed to be at a a prime intersection for for cars to hit. But um, the reason that we want to do a project like this and make a list like this is because I feel like that, you know, with uh, some curb restructuring or some design or something, that could have been prevented and saved before it had been hit so many times. Um, and one great thing about these historic buildings is even though that building got hit a lot, like, it it kept standing. I don't know if there's a modern building you could say that for, um, that they are built solidly and they are built to last. And that's why... Um, i feel it's such a travesty when they're torn down because that kind of quality and craftsmanship just isn't possible in today's world because it'd just be unaffordable
0: what's the most recent building historic building in Lacrosse that maybe we've we've saved that was maybe would have been on your endangered list if you had it you know a while ago uh that that hey we still have this building actually we saved it
1: well, just from my memory, I guess the, the first place that uh comes to mind is the Buzz Buzz's Bike building on the north side at Rose and Saint Cloud Streets. Um that that building has been completely um, fixed up, and uh, the, the, the the there was very close attention to detail paid, and it's very historic still. And a lot of the original features were underneath some of the bad remodeling that had happened in the past. And so when they went through and started fixing up that building, they, they uncovered original tile and things like that. And now, when people like go to Logger's Games or enjoy the North Side, that is just a a very prominent building that really makes the neighborhood. And if that would have been torn down instead, it'd just be a empty, gaping, vacant lot hole. And it just when you have too many of those in your city, and your city loses its history, it just starts to look like a rundown, boring place with no character. So that's why I think it's another reason it's important to save these buildings.
0: So how long, do you know? Do you know how long the city because the city owned that building? I don't know how. For how long, but uh, because they ended up selling it for the city had it and sold it for $10, right?
1: Yeah, something like that yeah it's very close but that that building had some significant problems oh yeah it had, <laughs> like... a lot of them are structural and foundational um, so but the fact is that when you fix up a building like that if it's eligible for the um, National Register of Historic Places or the State Register of Historic Places there are tax credits and not a deduction but credits they actually will give you money if you don't owe any taxes um, at the state level I think it's like 20 or 25 percent and it's the same at the federal level um, and so as long as you're repairs are um historically uh, correct and as long as you go through all the paperwork and you do you know you do all that and you get it approved to make sure that you, what you're doing is best for the history of the building like that can really offset a lot of the costs of uh, restoring something that's been let go for too long
0: yeah i think the city had put like three hundred thousand dollars in it and i think the roof was leaking and it's kind of a unique you know the roof on there is unique so i, I imagine at that time um yeah, and you know, then at least we'd it, like
1: to like to start to get to these buildings before they get to that point, and hopefully by releasing like lists and stuff like this, we can get attention for stuff before it gets too bad, so it's not quite so expensive to fix up.
0: Yeah, another building that um, a, a colleague here said that the Pizza Villa building, and I don't is it Cl- oh Club Toucan? You told me this earlier. The Club Toucan building on Third Street is is one of these buildings that seems to be. Uh, it, it's a historic building. We would like to save it, but also it looks like maybe um, people that own it just want to want to build something new there.
1: Yeah, so that's at 119, 121 3rd Street South, and so it's right in the middle of our downtown historic district. This building, because it's in that district, is already on the National Register of Historic Places, so it is already eligible for those tax credits, so as long as they're historically um, correct repairs that they're eligible for that and it just seems like such a shame to let that go but this building is a really big danger because um, a raise order was issued against it and a demolition permit uh, has been is being issued or has been I'm not sure exactly where it is in the process and so this building has less than six months so unless the current owners change their mind and go before a judge or they sell it to someone else that goes before a judge um, and, and gets the raise order lifted um, that building's going to come down and you know, it had previously been passing all the inspections, and it, it sat empty for five years. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm not—I don't have all the ins and outs of that situation, so I'm not sure exactly why it's just been letting, you know, being just sitting there for five years. But uh, I was doing some research on it, and I was on the the city of La Crosse website. And uh, so they have, like, letters and other stuff uh, like that on there that uh, people that go before the city council to figure out things. And I found this letter from 2013, and um, and it's talking about, like, Park Bank um, is uh, selling that building. And it says that the current property owners that are looking to buy this building w- uh, would like to see it torn down uh, for an outdoor seating area to serve food and uh, alcoholic beverages for the building next door. And so it kind of looks like someone's been wanting to tear this building down since 2013, um, and this building was in a lot better shape back then. And in the, as a as a someone on the City Heritage Preservation Commission, I start to wonder, like, is there any way to prevent this from happening in the future? Um, you know, because... Because right now, um, we as a commission, we can 't do anything because the city is the one that issued the raise order, and so if we tried to take legal action in court, it 'd be like the city suing the city, and so there 's nothing that we can do, and our hands are tied, and that seems like a very unfortunate loophole and we 've been looking into other communities that have uh tried to um, solve this problem um, and what they have done, and what, you know if they've passed different ordinances and that sort of thing and so research has begun. To hopefully prevent this in the future, but right now, that means that this building is um, in the heart of our historic district. That's you know not too far from some vacant lots that are there already. Might come down unless you know some very concerned citizens come forward and find a way to to keep that from happening.
0: So you're saying if the city were to sue itself, then the the city's lawyer would have to run like across the courtroom to each side, defendant, plaintiff, and then talk like defend a defendant. <laughs> No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like the. If you want to go conspiracy theory in 2013, whoever owned the building didn't want the building there, so they let it go to bleep and and eight years later, it's gonna and they problem solved. It is bleep now, so they're gonna tear it down. Um, kind of like uh kind of like I let my shower go to bleep, and now I have to pay like twenty thousand dollars to have it fixed because uh, it was leaky. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. This is-
1: this really caught us off guard, the you know, for the um, Heritage Preservation Commission because um, usually, like uh, before a raise order is issued, there's a raise or repair order. Mm-hmm. But they just, it just—it seemed like it just went to raise, you know. Um, and even for the casino, which caught on fire, you know, and it was, you know, uh, you know, the damage looked pretty extensive. That building got a raise or repair order, and so this one just went from passing inspection to raise, and and then the, then the you know everyone's hands are tied then, and it's like well. You know you know what do you do and, and it's but it's you know it's going to be such a hole and really if the if the Wisconsin Historical Society um, and the um, National Register of Historic Places, you know if they felt like taking down that building um, significantly significantly altered our historic district um, and that it you know that it wouldn't be eligible, you know or wouldn't have been eligible in the past had that building not been there they can take back you know they can delist i think is what they call it delist us from the national register that historic district you know oh. this is one building so i don't think that's going to happen but it is it's always a risk and it's always a possibility and so not only is that building you know being lost and, and hurting the community but potentially anybody that owns a building in that national register historic district could potentially lose their eligibility for those historic tax credits
0: well it sounds and like if the if the whole that whole block or the whole downtown area is in that registry and then you lose say you lose the the old pizza villa building and then you lose the casino building if you keep if you lose enough of those buildings then the histor- there is no historic re- you know district anymore there's not enough buildings there
1: yeah it just be you know it becomes that that war of attrition, you know like and so that's so why I think you know we really should try to keep and save all these buildings as we can because if they start to whittle away and you know and sometimes there is like an like an unpreventable disaster, like you know what happened to the casino, like the owner didn't want that to happen, you know uh, nobody wanted that to happen. And, you know, when you're in that situation, you know, you might not have a choice. But in this situation, there was definitely a choice that was made. And, like, you know, any action could have been taken over the past five years.
0: That's Laura Gooden. She's an archivist at UW-La Crosse. She's the Heritage Preservation Commission Commissioner. And uh, <laughs> she's going to join us here for the, the next segment here. But i got to get to Scott's comment and Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. Shh, be quiet, Pearl Jam. Laura Gooden's on with us. She's an archivist at UW-Lacrosse. She's the Heritage Preservation Commission Commissioner. I love that. That's, I love that <laughs> you told me that, so I can just that just rolls off the tongue. Heritage Preservation Commission—hard to say, but once you get the Commission Commissioner, it's all good. Um, Laura, I do have a caller. I hope she. I hope they want to talk about uh, old buildings. Uh, caller, who's this?
1: Oh, hi. Actually, my name is Katie, and sorry to change the subject briefly, but just wanted to let your listeners know that um, the Blue Stars and lacrosse are going to mandate that your child cannot play in their band unless they are
0: vaccinated. Okay. Um, All right. Anyway, Laura, (laughs) we'll just... Yep. uh, That's what happens if you don't have a call screen. Um, All right. So the... uh, we were talking about old buildings, and I, I I want to move on from Pizza Villa, but I, I just this uh, this is probably like the most basic of pace, basic questions when it comes to uh, preserving old buildings. But uh, Pizza Villa building, Club Two Cam building on Third Street in downtown, what makes it historic? Why is it a historic building? Besides the fact that it was built uh, whatever year old, uh, you know, a long time ago.
1: Yeah, um, so there's usually a, a bunch of different categories that make something historic. Sometimes it's associated with an imper- important event um, or an important uh, person. Sometimes it's designed by an important architect. And sometimes it's just a good representation of an architectural style. And I think this this building's the last. It's a great representation of an archi- architectural style that was very popular in the 1800s where a shop owner or someone that wanted to open their own small business would build themselves a building with their store on the bottom, and then in the upper stories they build an apartment, and they usually live up there themselves, and sometimes they live up there with their employees as well. Um, So talk about taking your your work home with you. Uh, But, uh, you know, because some people might look at that building and go, well, it's not, you know, it doesn't have the scroll work or the fancy stuff that you might see on a Victorian home or something like that. But um, the fact that a lot of original details have survived on this building on the second floor, like uh, the original windows and window heads um, that are up there, and along with some of like the tiling I noticed in the entryway out front is original. And even though the the bottom storefront was altered, probably I guess in the '60s um, when the Pizza Villa went in there and it trans- transitioned from that meat market to the to the Pizza Villa. Um, it's probably when that went in there. Um, those were sort of meant to be flexible and get changed around. Um, and we do have the original um, uh, blueprints from a 1932 remodel, which shows exactly what that looked like. And so that is something that could be restored very easily, um, and that would really increase its historic value.
0: And you mentioned the the storefront being altered. That's pretty typical, right? Like the it, for for us to be able to use these store these these buildings in downtown Lacrosse, we got to be able to get it in and out and they got to be able to I, I guess be user friendly for whatever business goes in there. So we're going to see all these storefronts altered, huh?
1: Exactly, and even when they are being built, like they're putting in um, big windows and, and stuff like that and and so they could be flexible you know depending on what kind of you know uh, store you want to have and how you best displayed your merchandise so if you're a clothing company versus a meat market uh, versus a place that sold typewriters, you might want different storefronts and different types of windows and so like a, 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 a common problem um, when it comes to historic restoration is what time period do you restore it to and sometimes it comes down to what time period do you have the best photos or the best plans for you know how uh, what what do you have evidence of so you can put it back the way that it was at some point in time
0: and if people have you know like the owners of that building per se like if they wanted help because you talked about grants is the the heritage preservation commission are they able to help people like get these grants approved to help restore these buildings
1: um, we're kind of advisory aboard, but um, uh, we can, yeah, the people at the, the city planning office and our, our group, I would gladly offer advice or any, you know, um, particular insights we have on how to do those things. Yeah. And not and not only is there the state and the um, national register tax credits for the restoration, but like in downtown La Crosse, there's a, a grant for that historic facade um, program that, uh, that the city was doing with, um, I think it was La Crosse Main Street, Inc., um and and one of the requirements for that grant is to you know try to find some historic plans or or photos to put it back but um that's a that 's a, a local grant so you know it 's a you know a little bit easier a little less paperwork and so there's a lot of different uh uh ways to go and uh yeah if if anybody was interested in in that um yeah the city planning office or our commission could probably offer some pretty good advice
0: yeah at least to start off um if we uh if we did a top ten 10- we have the top 10 most endangered list I'm gonna make you do a top 10 uh maybe the the best top 10 buildings in lacrosse that aren't in danger because they're good to go we we've preserved them or whatever uh the how about is there a is, can you point to a building that lacrosse has lost and I'm sure there's a lot of them but uh we were talking we were talking before the old post office would that make the top 10 list of the buildings that lacrosse has lost the, the where they they have now put a new post office is what you told me
1: yeah definitely. Uh, that was a magnificent building, um, and there was the post office in there, along with a lot of other federal offices and so it would held a lot of people and a lot of different things and a lot of different business you know went on in that building um, and yeah, and that you know nineteen seventy seven wasn 't that long ago, and that 's the whole reason that the preservation Alliance of Lacrosse was formed is because there were so many people upset at that building going. Uh, that's it was a harder harder one to save because when the federal government wants something um you, you know in you're at a local level it's you know that communication can be difficult uh, but they did manage to save some terracotta panels off it as well as some of the lights and so if you ever wonder what that strange wall outside the current post office is with the with the clay tiles and the uh, and the big lights on it um that was supposed to be like a memorial wall um, as sort of a a compromise i guess to the people that were upset for the building being torn down
0: yeah like a g thanks g thanks federal government <laughs> we can always blame the federal government for stuff um the city uh La center is going through a renovation right now it's not i don't think it's a historic building and we look at it we're like man Lacrosse center is kind of ugly um but Br- brad told me it was built uh, it began built began being built in october 78 it was finished and opened in 1980 is there ever a case? I mean, if the building just lasts and lasts, we're putting forty-two million dollars into this thing. Does that hurt it for it being historical down the road? Is it? Is there any chance that the lacrosse center becomes a historical building?
1: Yeah, the the good question. The good uh, the the answer is it depends. You know, um, it depends. You know, is that a good representation of an architectural style? You know, did some major event happen there? Will some major event happen there? Um, will the architect that designed it become super famous? I'm not sure who the architect is, so I can't I can't I, tell you if they're I took, already famous. I took and,
0: second place in a volleyball tournament there once. Is that is that gonna matter?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um no <laughs> probably not no. <laughs> um yeah i mean there are there are certain buildings today that you know people a few years ago probably never thought would be eligible for for historic status like the city hall a lot of people complain that that was like a big concrete monstrosity but now that that style of architecture uh, a lot of people call it brutalism um, big concrete um building uh it's uh people are starting to appreciate it more um you know, I have mixed feelings when I look at the City Hall. I, you know, it's got good balance. There's some things I like about it, but there's some other things that, um, you know, concrete wouldn't be my, you know, my favorite building choice. Uh, you know, I much prefer brick or stone. But beauty's in the eye of the beholder, um, and that one might actually become historic. And when it comes to a renovation, it really depends on if it's a good renovation or a bad renovation um, and whether it, it fits with the original intent of the building or completely alters it. I think most of the time, if you want um, a building to remain historic and be eligible in the future to become historic, uh, it's important to make sure that your your renovations are are sympathetic to the original style and so if you completely change the the style, then it might not be and and i'm I'm thinking that the the Lacrosse Center is probably changing the style enough that it it might make it less eligible. It'd be my guess, but i I've never been good at predicting the future, so I don't want to take any bets or anything on that.
0: All right, get a couple texts. So we'll see if we we'll see we'll test your knowledge here. Uh, Tom texted in. uh, What about the Marcos Clothing Building? That's all he said. So you know anything about this? Um,
1: I know I know where it is. It's where the Cadoba is now, um, and there's still um, a Marcos uh, business next to it. And uh, it was the original uh, Gunderson Clinic. When they first opened up, and uh, I can tell you that that is in the National Register Historic District in downtown, um, and so it's it's already you know in that in that uh, you know status just being in that district, and it's I think it's a great representation of a commercial building, um, and it's, it looks like to be in pretty good shape. So I think that that building's got a lot going for it.
0: All right. So now next one, we go from Tom to Tim. Tim texted in, and he goes. Tearing down the old courthouse and putting Montgomery Ward's there was one of the biggest mistakes Lacrosse made. Uh, do you agree? Do you, disagree? do you have thoughts there, Laura?
1: I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, that in, in that courthouse was only 55 years old, and um, it was built in 1904. Um, and then in the yeah in the 1960s, uh, people just thought it was old and outdated, and it'd be better for the economy to get a big box store in there. And so they put up this big kind of empty-shelled, cheaply, quickly-built building. And it was only there for a few years. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was an empty parking lot. And that doesn't add a lot of value to your your city or your downtown or your history or your culture. So I think I agree, a huge mistake.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of empty parking lots downtown. It's weird. (laughs) Like there's one across the building. There's always spots open, but I don't. I, I don't pay for a parking permit there. Um, all right. Speaking of trying to save a building and you know, kind of putting off the the best for last, but the the city city council is going to take this up tonight. Um, and uh, the north side fire station, which is built in nineteen let me get nineteen forty, it was built. It's eighty one years old. So it's one of those buildings uh, that that they they want to build a new fire station over it. But where are we at? What do you think is going to happen here?
1: Well, so there's been a lot of back and forth on that. Um and uh uh the Heritage Preservation Commission has talked to the to the fire chief a few times about it. And uh, we we think that it can be saved and reused for something else, just kind of like what they did with the the North Elementary School when they wanted to build a new elementary school. Um, someone you know uh, privately developed the old Roosevelt um, School and turned it into apartments, and so uh, the city got a new school, and the historic building got to be saved and live a new life as a uh, as something else. And that's ideally what we'd like to see happen with fire station number four. Um, we looked at the the report from the um, uh, from the fire station tax force and, and and even though they don't think that this building is a very good candidate anymore to serve um, for firefighting purposes, that doesn't mean that it's not a good building. you know just mm-hmm. because it's not you know good at firefighting doesn't mean that it wouldn't be a good apartment or like a daycare or some other um, facility that um that could use it
0: yeah I think the dilemma here is that we want to build a new fire station and uh that's in the way so but but you yeah. think but you think yeah. because they're I think your theory is that because they're building a new fire station they have to keep the old fire station while they're building the new one so if you can build a new one and keep the old one then why can't you just always keep the old one
1: Yeah, I mean, and that was like someone, when we first brought up this fact that maybe we should save the the fire station, people were like, oh, this has been in the works for a long time. Why are you just bringing this up now? Well, I mean, while we know they were looking into building a new fire station, we didn't know where. The location was listed as TBD for the longest time. Um, and and so it only came to our attention that they were think that they were going to start to um that they had decided to build on the same site, and so they built or they they bought up a bunch of houses around it and then they 're going to tear them down and build there but uh yeah they have to keep the fire station going the old one it has to remain intact and functional, otherwise the north side would have um you know not not very good fire protection so why yeah why tear it down when the new one 's complete? Uh, You know, it just seems like a a waste of a perfectly good building. Um, And tearing stuff down isn't free. Like, to tear something like that down and haul it away costs thousands of dollars. Um, And that is a solid brick building. And then all that waste goes in the landfill, so it's bad for the environment. And we lose a really cool historic building um, that was designed by an architect that is pretty well-known. And he already has two, two of his buildings are already on the National Register of Historic places and this could be the third
0: um last question you only got a maybe a minute minute and a half here um libertarian guy texted in how do you reconcile private property rights versus the desire to preserve a historical building so this would be this would be a situation on third street right with the 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 old pizza villa like that's a, a private property but also it's historic
1: Exactly, and that's that's something that people have been trying to to deal with in this situation for a very long time, and it's just kind of a give and take, and I don't think anybody's come up with a great solution yet. Um, but the you know the reason we're so gung-ho about saving the fire station is because it is a public building so we have more control over it yeah. um, and a lot of people think just because something's on the National Register of Historic Places if it's a private building there are no protections in place by that the only protections come from local ordinances and, and then you know most cities want to balance that they don't want to take, take away all autonomy and control from property owners but they also want to protect um, heritage that belongs to everybody and so you just try to balance it out as best you can
0: yeah and that's where i would say the grants come in right the state local and federal grants hey we'll give you some money if you preserve this building so
1: exactly yep try to encourage the encourage the preservation with a carrot rather than a stick
0: all right laura hey thanks a lot for joining us this hour i really appreciate it
1: oh no problem anytime
0: all right it- we we gotta go one more break we'll be back all right just gonna wrap up here thanks to laura Godin with the heritage preservation commission She's the Heritage Preservation Commission Commissioner, or Commissioner Godden. (laughs) For anyone that's a Batman fan, uh, we'll get that, Commissioner Gordon. And um, I I was going to try to get Gilliam in here, Ken Gilliam, the fire station chief, lacrosse fire department chief, but I I ran out of time to bug him to to do that. But uh, that's going on, city council meeting tonight. It's the last city council meeting with this council, and then we're going to get six new members. We're actually going to have seven. There were seven people on the ballot, but Doug Happel won his district back. So we're going to get six new members and then uh, seven returners and a new mayor. So kind of exciting, exciting stuff going on. All right, that's going to do it for me. Thanks a lot for listening. uw LaCrosse political science professor Trigoski should be on with me tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what kind of trouble we can get into.